0: Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market view on Money FM
1: 89.3. Asia Pacific markets are trading in the green this morning. Sydney is leading the way. The ASX 200 is up half a percent in early trade. Seoul is up 0.4 percent. Tokyo is in positive territory as well. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. How's Thursday looking?
0: Looking Ryan good, Michelle. How's your morning so far?
1: I'm okay. Have you adjusted to um, coming back to work after a long break? You know, is that Monday blue feeling, has it dissipated?
0: It has, and I am looking forward to the weekend now. <laughs> <laughs> It's just flown by so fast.
1: Indeed, I agree, I agree. Let's start this morning with two corporate scandals. One in social media, the other in the world of commodity trading. One is international, the other is local. One is current and the other actually happened a few years ago, but it's only now being resolved. So I'm talking about Twitter and noble group. So on the show, Ryan, we talked about the bombshell dropped by Twitter whistleblower Peter Mudge Zatko yesterday. He's a social media giant's former head of security, and he alleges that Twitter has misled the public and its own board about the extent of cybersecurity and spam problems. Today we have more details about those allegations. For one thing, Zatko says that on January the 6th, the day when a mob stormed the U.S. Capitol, Twitter could have easily been at the mercy of disgruntled
0: employees. What is he telling us? Yeah, just cast your mind back to January when you had the image or imagery of all these rioters gathering Capitol Hill. And the reason they were there was because Donald Trump was, in a way, encouraging them over Twitter. So here is a question that the security officer was asking. Um, Peter Zacco is asking, hey, if a Twitter employee who's gone rogue and wants to encourage uh, more writers to go to Capitol Hill, could he actually do so? So he was just playing out all these hypothetical scenarios. And he came to the conclusion that there was no way Twitter could handle it. There was no uh, mechanisms. There was no protocol. It would be impossible to protect Twitter from such a case um, if someone inside Twitter would possibly put out fake tweets to um, just incite more writers. So there was his concern that Twitter had no protocols in place in terms of defending such a practice if it were to occur.
1: Right. He also has alleged that Twitter's internal data systems were so ramshackle that any widespread crash, unplanned shutdown could have tanked the entire platform. So he's also shining the spotlight on contingency plans, which he's described as insufficient. Pretty scary scenarios he's sketching out for us Also alleging Twitter has prioritized growth over reigning in spam accounts and that its sales team may be violating U.S. rules regarding the use of its users' phone numbers, even offered millions of dollars in cash bonuses to executives that increase the number of daily active users. What a bombshell. What are some of the other takeaways that stand out for you, Ryan, as you review the complaint?
0: Yeah, I'm looking at an interesting one that involves potential espionage and this is where apparently the Indian government required Twitter to hire specific individuals who he claims could be spies and would have significant access to sensitive data thanks in part to Twitter's own lax security controls Mm. and also something on the Chinese front Uh, he's got a complaint uh, that involves Twitter taking money from unidentified Chinese entities that then could access data that might endanger Twitter users in China. So that is a huge claim. Uh, so something that I'm sure will continue to be drawn out in the internet sphere. Yeah. And well, we'll see if this is um, going to get any ground.
1: Yes, from social media to Congress, Zatko's allegations have gotten quite a bit of worldwide attention when it comes to U.S. Congress. The U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee has subpoenaed Zatko to appear before it next month. Twitter shares, meanwhile, clawed back some of Tuesday's losses overnight. They rose 2% to close just shy of 41 US dollars a share. I'm going to turn attention now to the second corporate scandal of the day. Now, this concerns the commodities trading company Noble Group. A little closer to home, the Monetary Authority of Singapore is fining Noble $12.6 million for publishing misleading financial statements. The scandal, Ryan, dates back several years. Noble Group shares a basic worthless at the moment trading in them was suspended back in 2018 at eight cents a share now at one point they'd been worth about 15 dollars each but that's before billions of dollars of market capitalization essentially evaporated remind us what exactly happened to bring noble down
0: yeah so it's been so long this actually started before money f m was was born so it's a reflection of how long this has taken to reach this conclusion twelve point six million dollars in fines so in the initial stages, there were some accusations from a short seller called iceberg research listing several allegations that something was not quite right with the books um some accounts were being cooked, so there's a bit of back and forth you no. Know, Iceberg saying, that's the case. Noble defending itself. Eventually, um, it came forth that there was actually misleading information in the financial statements, at least going by the latest investigations. And this involves fiscal years from December 2012 to 2016. So mm-hmm. those four years held financial statements that were not accurate. So this was a result of joint investigations. And what happened here is Noble Group entered into long-term marketing agreements with mine owners and co-producers through Noble Resources International. So, long story short, there was incorrect accounting treatment to some of these agreements, classifying them as financial instruments instead of service contracts. And also, some of these future fees from these agreements were recognised before the services were rendered. So, that was deemed inaccurate, and this inflated the reported profits and net assets.
1: Our colleague Ben Paul at the Business Times writes that the $12.6 million fine announced yesterday, Ryan, is minuscule compared with the damage caused by the company. What do you think?
0: Yeah, there is the argument that it could be just a slap on the wrist when you look at the relative magnitude of how much money was lost in the capital markets as a result of all these allegations? The entire saga playing out. It was billions of value, billions of dollars of value lost in the stock market when it comes to the share price of Noble. Yeah. And then you think about it, twelve point six million dollars versus billions of dollars. Does that match up? No, that's going to be a conversation to be had for a long time. Uh, and you also had AcrA issuing stern warnings. To two former directors of a unit Noble for failing to prepare and table annual financial statements. No action taken against EY as the accounting firm. So that's one reason why uh, there is this debate. Is twelve point six million dollars is a fine and an entire um, punishment or consequences yeah. enough for this entire episode.
1: Yeah, picking up on consequences, EY, Ernst & Young, Nobles Accounting Firm, is not being fined by MAS, even though EY did have a quote-unquote peer review. So do you think any changes are needed to prevent scandals like this from occurring in future? Can anything be done? Or is this simply a case of if a company is going to cheat, it's going to cheat and find a way to do that?
0: Yeah, There are a lot of tough questions to ask. If you think about it, Back then in 2018, there were all these allegations and Noble came back very strongly that they would sue anyone, take legal action, insisted that their books were not cooked. and uh, They would just threaten all these potential whistleblowers and journalists who suggested otherwise. So on that front, right, you've got that type of environment going on. You have to think, what are the type of mechanisms in play to protect whistleblowers, journalists as well? Uh, so that's something to consider. And one thing that Ben Paul brings up is that Singapore does not have the appropriate level of laws and enforcement mechanisms in place to protect such cases. Mm -hmm. For example, ACRA does not have the number or doesn't have the power to inspect accounting firms to ensure compliance with quality control standards. In fact, the Ministry of Finance and ACRA just held a public consultation late last year to amend the Accountants Act that will address this, among other things. He also suggested maybe Singapore, it's time to consider a single law enforcement agency to deal with corporate and financial market crimes instead of just letting MAS do so. Of course, it's got the powers. It has expanded its investigation powers over the past decade to do that. But it has a lot on its plate. And Ben Paul says maybe it's time for a single agency to spearhead this and that could maybe result in more effective enforcement and supervision.
1: Yes, in line of the complexity uh, and the collapses we've seen, Noble, Hyflux, Eagle Hospitality Trust, for example, events and sort of wrongdoing that involves many moving parts, a wide variety of enablers. So despite what has happened with the Noble Group, commodities trading is hot and we have news that a Chinese nickel trader called... Legend Resources and Technology, L-Y-G-E-N-D. It's reportedly planning to go public in Hong Kong, perhaps as soon as September. So how big is this IPO?
0: Oh, it's huge. $1 billion Ooh. IPO coming as soon as September. So mm. this was actually something they were planning as early as February. Right. Uh, but then it lapsed and they are planning to refile it in September And this is in view of that hot trend we're seeing right now EVs. And Ligen is a producer in the battery raw materials space. So it's trying to perhaps capitalize on this boom in electric vehicles and raise funds right now. Not too long ago, we saw TNT Lithium, Mm -hmm. another player in this space of raw materials listing in mainland China, and they raised $1.7 billion in a Hong Kong offering back in July. So there is appetite for Kumozi's players. Lai Jin
1: is the latest producer of battery raw materials to ride on the electric vehicle boom and to raise funds in Hong Kong. Uh, Tianqi Lithium raised, as you heard, $1.7 billion on the Hong Kong markets. That happened just last month. Time for more corporate news and a quick game of up or down. Let's check in with Ryan. Are you ready? Let's go. Intel.
0: Intel is up gonna be down. up for me. And mm. this is interesting because it has punted Brookfield to invest up to thirty billion dollars in a chip factory in Arizona. And it's a reflection of onshoring. You no, know, it used to be a trend to offshore it, now it's coming back to the U.S. for Intel.
1: That's the plan, isn't it? Made in U.S. chips. So a bullish sign for Intel signing off on that 30 billion U.S. dollar deal to finance new chip factories. So I'm going to give Intel an up.
0: NVIDIA! Yeah, so on the flip side, NVIDIA would be a down for me. The chips are down for <laughs> NVIDIA. It's pointing to a tough time ahead at least tougher time ahead it says gaming market conditions are challenging and its third quarter forecast was disappointing it's pointing to a revenue drop of around 17 percent in the third quarter because of a weaker gaming demand landscape
1: Yeah, NVIDIA has issued a weak sales forecast in pointing to the challenging gaming market conditions. So
0: down for NVIDIA for me as well. Snowflake. Snowflake is going to be an up for me and they are just enjoying a bounce in their share price after beating revenues in their latest earnings.
1: Snowflake surging on strong sales and that is a definite up for me. Shanghai United
0: Imaging. Okay, so this is an IPO story and they have made their debut Mm -hmm. with a 75% jump. So that is in mainland China on the first day of trading. So congrats to Shanghai United Imaging Healthcare.
1: Wow, and that pop since their August 22nd debut for shares of Shanghai United Imaging Healthcare have turned their largest shareholder into a billionaire. So that's an up for the medical imaging company back here at home singtel is reporting a big jump in first quarter profits from the period april to june it netted 628 million dollars at some 40 percent better than a year ago so what is powering singtel's business
0: yeah it's A bit of an additional gain from the divestment of a 70% stake from its Australian Tower Network to superannuation fund Australian Super. So a bit of a one-off gain there. Uh, But what's worth noting more is how it's looking at the coming quarters and it's warning of inflationary pressures and challenges. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. So it's saying rising labour costs, fuel costs could just see companies tighten their belts and then that could lead to just a cutback in budgets and that could impact Singtel.
1: As you mentioned, Singtel's strong earnings are due in large part to its stake in Bharti Airtel, whose business is being boosted by a big jump in 4G subscribers. What clouds could be on the horizon though when we think about Singtel?
0: Yeah, that's going to be a very interesting one to watch out for. They Mm -hmm. are trying to streamline their portfolios. Uh, We've seen how they've been selling part of the business. First, it was Mob not too long ago and then Trustwave Technologies in cybersecurity. And this morning, they just talked about selling 3.3% stake in Bharti Airtel for $2.25 billion. So that will free up more capital for them to reinvest elsewhere. So that is uh, one to watch to see how they execute the long-term plan. Uh, Also, I guess rising costs of everything is going to be a pressure for them. So that is going to put more pressure on their margins, Uh, of course, costs as well. And when you think about it, everyone's going to be tightening their belts to some extent if they worry about a recession around the corner. So they might cut back on new handphones. The iPhone 14 perhaps might not be as strong as what people were hoping for. So that's all going to play out for Singtel in the coming quarters. How much? Um, we'll have to see.
1: Let's check in now on how stocks are doing this morning because we are 21 minutes into the local trading day. 9.21 on the clock. The Straits Times Index fell 0.4% yesterday to 32.33. Frazier's Logistics, OCBC, they led the market lower. How's the STI performing this morning, Ryan?
0: Alright, so we are seeing a bit of a recovery. And this is with the STI up by 3,243. And looking at the 30 constituents, only three counters are in the red, and they are Johnny Matheson, down by 0.3%, followed by DBS, uh, down by 0.3%. So giving back some of those gains from yesterday. Mm. Hong Kong Land is down by 0.2%. Now, let's take a look at the top of the table, and we have Singtel. Up 1.9% at 267, followed by Yangjujang Shipbuilding, extending gains from yesterday up by 1.6% to 96.5 cents. Uh, we worth also noting where we are for Capel. They are up by 0.4% this morning at 704, and they are in the news because two of their units uh, acquiring an 80% stake in 800 Super, which is in the waste management business. Thank you very much. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews,
1: download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.